Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Red. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, we are honored to have Sarah Terrell, is a Houston resident and concerned citizen forced into community activism. She is concerned about a spe uh, two specific bills in the Texas legislature that will have a material effect on our Houston independent district school system. Sarah, welcome to Politics and Right. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Egberto. Well, absolutely. You know, um, it, it is concerning to me the amount of stuff that's happening in the Texas legislature right now. It, it almost keeps your head spinning. And sometimes I wonder if that is done on purpose so that we can't concentrate on one thing. And in that inability to concentrate on one thing, they get to put a whole lot of crap through. But luckily, we have people like you in the community. <laughs> and so what I'd like to do is first ask you to tell us the story about two bills, HB 3270, which is a House bill, and SB 1365, which is a Senate bill. And this is all folks at the Texas legislature. For those of you who are listening in other states, be aware what you see Sarah doing here. We need heroes like that in your state as well. Please, Sarah, tell us about those bills. Well, the Houston Independent School District has been under the gun to be taken over by the Texas Education Agency, which I'll refer to as TEA in this conversation, um, for a couple of years now. They kind of got in the line of fire by having uh, one single uh, consistently failing school, failing under the rubric, which is largely dependent on uh, uh, these high stakes testing, it's called STAR in Texas, but everybody has it in their state as well. So failing under that rubric, we do have one school that has consistently uh, had a failure rating for a number of years. And so uh, there was a bill passed in 2015 that introduced the idea that if you have such a school, even a single school out of a huge district, for instance, HISD has 280 schools, we have one in this category, um, then you are a target for being taken over by the TEA and uh, your board of trustees, your elected board would be replaced by an appointed board of managers. So because TEA is run by a government appointee, he's the TEA commissioner is the title here in Texas. <clears throat> That's basically your school board would be appointed by Greg Abbott, by the governor. So that's so we've been in their we've been in their target sites for some time. Uh, Sarah, I want to stop you a second because I want to make sure that I understand what you just said correctly, and I think everybody needs to understand this. You are saying the Houston Independent School District has one consistently failing school, and because the way the law was written, that one consistently failing school will authorize the Texas state government to take over a local board and control the entire district that is comprised of 238 schools. So less than a 0.5% failure is equivalent to we come and take over the entire darn system. Is that what you're saying? Mm, 280 schools. So it's 280 a schools. It's a smaller percentage than you just mentioned. But it's, it's way smaller. I thought you, okay, great. Now tell me, um, it, it, did I understand that correctly? That was restated very well. Thank you. Okay, Succinctly. please continue. Thank I, you for that. I, I, I just learned that I didn't know that. Yes. 
Yes, and that is not something that we've had, that's not a threat we've had to face all our lives. Basically, you know, Texas has been in the business of public schooling for 150 years. We've never needed this law before. It was introduced in 2015 and it was passed with a lot of people not understanding uh, how draconian it is and how, how you could get into this bind with a single school in a very large district. But of course, the larger your district is, the more, the higher the chance that you will have such a school. Exactly. Because the more, you, the more you're a big city, the more you're serving poverty, uh, you know, poverty pockets and, and places where children have a, a problem passing the STAR test and so on. So it's inevitable that Houston would have been basically the first one up. So um, the next thing was that, uh, so they tried to take us over. They announced they were gonna do a board of managers and Houston ISD trustees have a certain amount of money at their disposal. And they said, we're gonna sue you. And so this lawsuit has been going through the courts for well over a year and has had the effect of delaying the takeover. So um, this has been extremely frustrating to those who designed the, uh, the original bill in order to basically sort of entrap big city school districts like Houston. Uh, and they're very, uh, they're very disgusted. And as so often happens when a law doesn't work in practice, they go back and they mod the next time they meet, they, they modify the law. So those, that's, where, that's where these two bills that I wrote about in the Texas Signal, that's where they come in. So they are House Bill 3270 which is now off the table. It died Thursday night based on a, a technical problem with the bill, but the remaining one is the Senate version, which is Senate Bill 1365. Now and let's let's talk about the, the first bill first, the House bill. Do you happen to know what the specific technicality was that caused it to die, that caused it to die? I do. It was it was one I've never heard of, but I really don't know that much about the ledge. It's been it's been very uh, very educational this year for me to try and follow this issue uh, in the ledge. But the there's a thing called a legislative summary of the bill, or it's called an analysis. And apparently, it was materially wrong. It left out some important provisions uh, in the bill, so that if you were uh, you know, a legislator and you're only reading the summary and trying to decide to vote based on that, the bill itself is 20 pages of legalese, then you might make a wrong decision because there was a chunk missing from the analysis. And that was called to the attention of, of um, so we need to introduce the characters here. Let me introduce the characters really quickly. Representative Harold Dutton, uh, who is a Democrat and uh, his district covers mostly Fifth Ward here in Houston. <clears throat> he is the one who uh, is pushing this takeover. So he is the author of House Bill 3270. So that was his bill. Um, he, he is also the chairman of the Public Education Committee. So he was responsible for <clears throat> making sure that any analysis that's you know posted online with that bill is accurate and complete and it wasn't. So it was kind of a double embarrassment for him. First of all, it was his bill. Second of all, it's his committee. Um, so his bill got shot down on a, on a technicality that was in a sense, you know, that landed in his lap as well. And I think he was quite upset by that. So the, the effect was that the very next day, 
he grabbed the backup plan, which is House Bill 13, I mean, Senate Bill 1365, which is very similar. And he uh, called a quick and special uh, meeting of his committee and um, he tried to vote that one out of committee and it failed seven to six. So he didn't like that one bit. <laughs> so he spent the next two or three hours twisting arms and called another committee meeting on the house floor, huddled around a desk because by that point in the afternoon, the full house was in session. So they couldn't afford to have a separate committee meeting in a separate building because they all needed to be there for the full house. So there is a videotape of this huddle meeting and sure enough, he got a couple of people to switch their votes and to vote vote the bill favorably out of the committee. So the thing is still alive. And now, now you said there's another protagonist, which is a Republican. So we had the Democrat from uh, the area where that school is deficient. Is that correct? His correct. Okay, so that that school that is causing this takeover is in his district. It is, and in fact, it's his alma mater. It's it's uh, it's Phyllis Wheatley High School, and it and it is a hard one to turn around. And it's made tremendous amount of improvements. So even though it has stayed in a quote F rating or unacceptable rating, it has come much much closer over the over the years to passing. And I think one of the concerns of those who really want the takeover is that if the lawsuit draws this thing out long enough, eventually. Wheatley will pit tip over into passing and then that'll I want to get there in a second. That'll be an issue. But I'm not Ex really sure about that or the legal part or but it's I, under, I understand like an obvious an obvious oncoming problem. I get that. I, I want to go somewhere. First let's for, figure out who is the 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 Republican senator now that's um that's trying to push the same type of bill along. So that would be the author of uh, House of Senate Bill 1365, and that is Paul Betancourt. And um, you might- He's a Houston area me, politician as well. Yes, and why don't you ask me if he has any, any part of HISD in his district? Does he have any part of HISD in his district? <laughs> he does have like a couple of schools. So uh -huh. uh, out of so 200, two. Yeah, something like that. So uh, most of his district is suburban. I think it's more Cyprus area. Um, so it yet he takes an extreme controlling interest in uh, HISD's affairs and would okay. like to see it taken over by an appointed a, a board appointed by a Republican governor. Now, before we go further, I mean, because this is this this is not only distasteful, this rinks of some sort of legal fraud. So here's what I want to ask you. And notice I said legal fraud. I'm accusing nobody of doing anything illegal. But what I'm saying to my bare eyes, if I were to hear the story the way you just said it, I would, I would start shouting out legal fraud. And here's what I mean. You're saying now that this person's district, that's his school. Tell me what would happen to a school like Wheatley. Is it Wheatley, right? That's it the failing school? What would happen? Is it likely that lined up right now, there are charter schools who say we can do so much better than what these public schools are doing? Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because Harold Dutton is uh, a huge proponent of, of charter schools. 
Um, and I do believe he gets, I haven't looked at his finance reports, but I believe he gets quite a bit of funding through people that are in the charter school world. Um, and yes, so under the, uh, the original bill that talks about a takeover, it, 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 it gives you an alternative to being taken over. And uh, the, uh, the education code does. It was a, a, an addition of another bill gave you another, another uh, way you could handle it. So if you have the failing school to avoid takeover, you can close the school and send those kids elsewhere, including a charter school in the area might pick them up or some of them. So that's certainly a benefit to charter schools. Or you can invite a charter school in to take over the, the, school. the school. Yes, that's also, that's an allowed uh, solution to the problem. So it's like a charter operator comes in, takes over that public school and they kind of get a, I don't know if they get a fully clean slate, but I think they get to start more or less over again. And they get, you know, obviously uh, more years to reach uh, an acceptable status. But for the public, the public school system itself, your choice is basically close it, give it up, or let yourself be taken over. And what HISD said was, None of the above see you in court. And that was very, very, uh, uh, you know, assertive. And I, I think in some ways unexpected by the takeover people who kind of, I don't know if they thought they had it in the bag, but, but uh, it has certainly caused them a lot of heartburn. And I think it was the right move. And I, I, think, I think you came up with a, a, an interesting point when you said that there's a distinct possibility given that Wheatley was on the ascent, meaning every year they got a little bit better. Uh, they just might have gotten where they needed to get on their own without having, mm -hmm. uh, which would make any type of takeover moot. But from what you're also telling me is that the law that makes one school out of 238 school cause the entire district to be taken over wasn't passed until 2015, which ranks of some sort of legal fraud. In other words, let's do something that allows a private sector system, meaning uh, read a, a charter school to come in. Uh, I want to make I want to pontificate on one thing before we continue real quickly. It is a mathematical impossibility, folks, for charter schools to be less expensive than public schools. Henceforth, instead of having a charter school come in, get specialized teachers to go into that, that school and make it better and pay them to make it better. The only way a charter school can be cheaper is to have ineffective, lower paid uh, teachers over, uh, because again, shareholders have to be paid out of these charter schools. And even if they are nonprofits, their executives make more than any principal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the charter school, uh, mantra is a fraud. It's important that you understand that. It is important that you understand that charter schools, and I'm, I'm saying, I'm making an absolute statement, charter schools are fraud. They cannot mathematically be less expensive than a public school that has no uh, profit motive. That's an absolute statement that cannot be refuted. Sorry to say that, but I mean, this particular item, um, Sarah really gets to me and that's why we need warriors like yourself out there because a lot of us don't know what's going on. We don't. And mm -hmm. when we have somebody who can concentrate on an issue like you have, 
it becomes that much more important. So going forward, what uh, we, we know where these bills are now. Uh, this, what can you tell Houstonians specifically, but people around the country that run the risk of finding uh, themselves in this situation, their schools in this situation? Well, first I want to loop back a little bit to some things that you just said, because I do want to, I want to kind of disentangle the charter school issue from this takeover issue. Sure. Because they are not directly related. They are related in the sense that once you have, you know, the Republican appointees as your as your school board, you are your your whole public school system is much more vulnerable because Republicans are so uh, behind the charter school movement. So it's an indirect effect there. It's also an indirect, you know, carrot stick uh, deal with the with the failing school itself that if, hey, if you just close it and the children are, are uh, basically available to the charter movement to be picked up or you go ahead and charter as it yourself, those, those, that's the connection with charters. I, I but think, what, we're I, talking, but I, what I wanna talk about uh, here today is I want to talk about democracy for a moment before, and obviously I'm going to ask Houstonians to to call and, and call their representatives and, and ask them to oppose these bills. But uh, let me tell the audience not- something real first. And what Sarah said is very important. I punt. That's why I asked about doing my pontification. But I don't want I don't want to get uh, I don't want to get the message mixed up with what she is actually working on. I just wanted, because she brought up the possibility of charter schools, I wanted to bring that up, but that isn't her issue specifically. Please go yeah. ahead, um, please go ahead, no, And And with, with these bills, you know, like I say, it, it might be, it might, uh, be uh, an objective for the long game mm-hmm. for these bills. In fact, I suspect that it is. But in the short game, what we need to talk to fellow progressives and Democrats about is this is a takeover of local government. So um, the the Houston ISD has an annual budget of $2 billion. The city is 5 billion. The county is 3 billion. So it takes 10 billion to run this place, right? 2 billion of it is HISD. So that is 20% of our government. So I want Houstonians to hear, do we, let the let Greg Abbott come in and grab 20% of our government. Greg Abbott is on a mission to overrule self-government at the local level if you live in a big city that's turned blue. He is, he is on a mission to take away the right to self-government. And people are not attuned to schools, especially if they don't have kids in them. Um, and they don't see that, that, you know, they don't see that as a part of their daily life. They don't even think of it as government, but it is. Our HISD, $2 billion a year, and another $2 billion every so often when they sell bonds. And in the next few months, they'll be getting many, many hundreds of millions of dollars, I believe. I don't know the number, but it's going to be in the hundreds of millions of new money for COVID relief. That is a heck of a responsibility. And right now that's in the hands of nine elected people. They are 100% women. Uh, Every single one, eight out of nine are black or brown or Asian. They look like the diversity of our city. So I'm not confident that that will be reflected in a board of people appointed by Greg Abbott. 
So these are these are things I want people to understand is this is this is a power grab and you will lose your representation. You will lose the ability to impact schools and the spending of money and the closing of schools. There are many issues that could come into play here. You know, board of managers, HISD has been very reluctant to close schools, even as even as those population in those schools goes down. Um, if you close it, what do you do with the real estate? Well, if it's in a gentrifying area, it could be very tempting to sell that off to a developer and have maybe even the same developer say, well, I'll sell you this other tract for a huge price and <laughs> it's not right. as valuable, but you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that could go on. HISD is a massive holder of real estate in this city. And a lot of the real estate that they own is very good real estate. So that concerns me. $2 billion a year. The board of managers will be would be potentially appointing the super, the superintendent. As you know, we had a temporary or uh, interim superintendent for a year and a half. She's announced she's leaving in June. So if the board of managers can get here fast enough, they can choose their own superintendent. Even if they don't, they can kick out whoever we've got and replace that person. Maybe. I'm not sure about about contracts but i mean you can even you can always buy out we can a buy a contract out yeah that's right they could buy the con so once you once you have the superintendent and all the votes on the board you are in control of a ton of money so these are all issues that you know are very very concerning to me um and um we need to no, think about that as Houstonians. You. I think it is, first of all, it's great that you centralize on that issue of democracy and local government. I think mm -hmm. that is so important for people to understand uh, why it is that they need to be concerned on this particular issue. Um, so tell me, uh, when is this bill going to be voted on and how can Houstonians and others, everybody impacted by the Houston Independent School District, do something about it. And how, most importantly, how can people all around this country catch this before it gets as far as it has here in Houston? Well, um, the bill, first I want to talk just a little bit, just a tad bit about Bill 1365 and what it does, um, because it's scary in its own right. So obviously it's meant to sew up the holes that were exposed, uh, the, the inefficiencies lawsuit. by the lawsuit and, and the, the technical flaws in the law. But what in order to sew those holes, those, those holes tight shut, what this law does is it creates a, a new form of investigation of the TEA by a, uh, on a local school district. So TEA by TEA of a, of a local district, right? And they've changed these to be called special investigations and they can, they can be uh, initiated for any number of reasons, but one of those reasons is at the discretion of the TEA commissioner. And then whereas we did have investigations already, but the, uh, the resulting penalty was basically the laws said it had to be appropriate to the to what was going on in the investigation. So many many times the penalty was your accreditation status would change. This law says that the penalty can be takeover. It doesn't say that in those words, but it basically says it can be any any discipline that the TEA commissioner decides upon. So in other words, it says 
make sure you can initiate a special investigation at your discretion and then you can penalize at your discretion so you can um, shut down a school that way. Um, and then they introduce another form, another avenue for takeover. They can, um, at, again, at the TEA commissioner's discretion, appoint a conservator for any single school in the district that they have a concern about. Maybe it's got a D rating. Maybe it doesn't have an F rating. It has a D rating, something like that. So they put a conservator, which is sort of like a monitor and a helper. I'm not really sure what a conservator does, but it's a TEA appointed person that is assigned to a school. After the conservator has been present for two consecutive years, then the law says that's that's a good reason. Now you can be taken over. So these are broad, the, these avenues sort of existed in the law, but now they're broadening these avenues and they're paving them very smooth so that the commissioner can basically target a school district. And if he wants to take over to happen, he can make it happen. And by the way, there are no rules that explain that uh, that designate how long would be the term of a board of managers. They have some very specific rules that say that when they decide to leave, they'll leave gradually. They're gradually be replaced by a few elected officials every so years. So even every few years. So even leaving is a long drawn out process where they'll retain the majority of the board for much of that process, but their initial term is not designated. So um, people think they're going to stay five years. That's that's not based on anything except some other takeovers that were takeovers of districts that basically had financially bottomed out. So that is not the case with Houston at all. And in my opinion, the 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 extreme aggression and intensity of interest that's placed by these powers on these bills, this the you know the just the determination to get this takeover done and finished and sewn up tells me, and the $2 billion a year that's at stake tells me that this is not necessarily going to be a five-year deal. And there's nothing in law that says that they can't stay as long as they want. So if we don't protect local control and local self-representative -rep government right now, we may lose it for a decade or more, much more, potentially much more. It's a very serious situation for democracy. Now it's designed for HISD, but it's applicable to all school districts and even other forms of education agencies like the Harris County uh, Board of Education. We have another whole entity here. It's, it's not a real active entity, but that one would be subject to takeover as well. So across the state, but you know, the issue is who's going to come up in their gun sites. You know, it, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a red medium-sized city in East Texas. It's going to be Houston or Dallas or Austin or San Antonio, a blue city with a ton of schools and a ton of opportunities to create these pretexts. So that's how the bill works. So um, 1365, you asked me, when is it going to come up? So, um, Representative Dutton did ram it out of his committee on Friday through the huddle meeting on the floor of the House. Um, and it is now with the calendars committee. So the calendars committee will give it a place on the schedule to be heard on the floor of the House. And I suspect because he is so um, he is so fired up about this, about getting this done, 
that it will be within the next week. So what I would love to see is that everyone within earshot of you called their House of Representatives because the 1365, let me go back and explain why that was there for, for Dutton to just grab it and, and move it forward. It already passed the Senate. Once it passes the Senate, it comes to the House uh, to be considered by the House. So it was sitting there ready to go if his bill failed, which is exactly what happened. So it will not, it's no use calling your Senator, your state Senator, call your state representative. And, and if you live in Houston, find out who all the state representatives are in the, what we call the Houston delegation. So Houston and around there. So not just, so call your own first because it, it, your call gets logged into some kind of a, a recording right, system. Code, and, yeah. and that the one to your own representative counts the most, but there's nothing to stop you from calling or emailing. Calling is better, but emailing is good too. Uh, all of the Houston area ones and just say, you know, you're part of the Houston delegation. I expect you to step step up and protect our representative local government and keep us from being taken over. So that's what I'm asking for people to do. And of course, it doesn't hurt to branch out and call other representatives. I mean, if you could see my phone, my recent call log, it's pages and pages of 512-463 because I called something like 100 representatives on Thursday. I just kept calling. <laughs> Excellent. Well, look. I get a little obsessive, but you know, Sarah, that is not obsessive. Call is, each call is a minute or two. You know, you have a quick blurb, and you just ask them to vote against uh, the bill that you're talking about. On Thursday, I was calling about 3270, but when I repeat that process, I'll be calling about 1365. Whether it's been scheduled for the floor vote or not, I will do it starting Monday. Sarah, uh, this is important information. Everybody in uh, Houston and the surrounding areas and the rest of the country needs to hear. I mean, first of all, I want to thank you for your, I, I, I said you are a Houston resident, a concerned citizen forced into community activism and you do it well. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics and Right. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.